Good evening. Brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, the Lord be with you. Welcome to Loft on this beautiful fall, summer, springy day. Um, I often have no idea what Michigan weather is ever doing. Um, and in the same way, I often have no idea what in my life God is doing. But I know that God is faithful, and I know that God is good, and he gives us these moments of warmth and beauty and joy in our lives. And so tonight, as we begin, I invite you to stand and to join us in praising this God who is good, who is faithful, our God who is great. They raise their 
Please pray with us. Praise the Lord, O oh my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisf satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Loving God, sometimes we don't feel like praising. Sometimes it's easier to hole up in our own little corners, to wallow in self-pity and doubt, to live in fear rather than joy. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. Today, like every day, we have sinned against you and our neighbors. We have judged our peers, tried to outshine our friends, lied to our colleagues. We have not loved them or you with our whole hearts. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As the Father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. Today, like every day, we have hidden ourselves from you. We have relied on our own strength and understanding to see us through, ignoring your gentle nudges, refusing to hear your voice. As for mortals, their days are like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it, and it is no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him, and his righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. Today, like every day, we need to be reminded of our own smallness. We must turn again to the cross, where our smallness was lifted up by someone much grander than we, where our ugliness was made beautiful, where we were made new. Help us to remain faithful, to never hide from him who was raised from the dead, who dances a dance that is full of newness and glory. The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts, you, his servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, O oh my soul. Praise the Lord, O oh my soul. Praise the Lord.
God is in this place tonight and he extends his peace to us. Now I invite you to turn to those around you and to extend that peace to your brothers and sisters in Christ. He is wonderful. He is wonderful. It's kind of fun to do that with just percussion. Very creative. Well done. My name is Mary Halst. I serve as the lead chaplain here at Calvin. It's my delight to welcome you. I see that we have a number of older people in the house. So shout out to older people. Uh, always good. Always good. That's right. That's right. We're glad you're here. I have things to tell you. <laughs> yes. So there is an art installation right at the entrance to the library, off the library lobby, by Career Development, the fireplace, the place where you all hang out, where they have all these conversation groups in different languages. Are you, you with me? You with me? So right next to the entrance to the library there, you will find a platform, and on it you will find salt and salt shakers and light. What do you think that has to do with? <laughs> Sermon on the Mount. You guys are so good. Yes. Sermon on the Mount. So our Sermon on the Mount, uh, our worship events around it are coming to an end, but it's going to continue through. The Bible studies are going to continue as long as it takes some of your groups to finish the 10 studies, uh, which could be three or four or six weeks yet for some groups. And also, when the worship symposium is here during interim break, they are going to be focusing on the Sermon on the Mount for their worship. So the, the art is going to be here until the end of January, and so you can take advantage of looking at it. And uh, I invite you to look at the salt shakers in particular and notice them and count them. That is your mission. And then... Once you've counted the salt shakers and you have noticed them, just think about what the artist was trying to do in doing that. I will leave it there. Oh, intriguing. You're like, have we got homework for Loft? Not fair. Um, I also wanted to say that um, we're going to be praying tonight for one of our students who's in Peru who had an emergency appendectomy this week, Jessica Hess. She's recovering very well, um, but as you can imagine, staying in a hospital when you are in a foreign country is uh, really uh, anxiety-producing, and not only for her, but also for her family, who are not able to be with her during this time. And so we're grateful that um, her classmates have stepped up, and they've stayed with her, and Professor Zanstra has been there. She's doing really well, but we're going we're gonna to thank God for the healing and pray for Jessica tonight. And then I'm wondering if Jerry is in the house. Jerry, our student senator. Jerry? Jerry? Anyone? Anyone? Bueller? <laughs> All right. Voodoo economics. Okay. Um, you really have to know the movie to get that. 
So, so Jerry, our student senator, was going to talk to you tonight about Operation Christmas Child. Um, and since he's not here, um, there's this thing called Operation Christmas Child. <laughs> And student senate's organizing it, and you get the shoebox, and you fill it with a whole bunch of special things for a child, and they get it for Christmas. That's what I know. Um, there will be more information forthcoming, so look in your student news, and uh, if you see Jerry, or if you're watching on video, um, give him a little shout out, tell him we missed him. It's, it's not all of you that get called out when you miss Loft. Uh, so just be aware of that. It's a good cause. It gets us out of our own brains and stress and reminds us that there are people in need and allows us an opportunity to be generous to them. That's a good thing. We're fans of that. Let's do that. Operation Christmas Child. And then tonight, we are going to do brief survey cards. They're going to be passed out first. Uh, they'll be, you'll grab a card and a pen, fill it out, even if it's your first time here. That's fine. Um, fill it out. And then we'll pass the baskets again, and then we'll collect the pens and the cards and your offering, okay? We can do that because, you know, we're college students. We're smart. We can follow these things. And then we will uh, move in time into a particular uh, time of prayer tonight on this Veterans Day. All right. Good. So survey cards now, and then our offering, and our offering is for? The Community Care Fund. Exactly right which is a collection that we make every week to give back to members of our community who find themselves in uh, financial need, and we're able to respond to that together. That's how we uh, not only care for each other, but it's also how we practice generosity, a spiritual muscle that we all need practice working on. So we'll have our, um, our wonderful team. We'll now distribute the survey cards. Please write legibly. Thank you.
Today is Veterans Day in the United States of America, and we have a number of students in our uh, community who are members of ROTC, which stands for Reserve Officers Training Corps. And tonight, uh, we're asking them to come forward so that we can pray for them. So we're all the members of the ROTC who are here. Just come on up and join me up here. It's easy for us, particularly in the last couple of weeks, for those of us who are citizens of the United States, to forget that things like patriotism and honor and service can look good, can be values that we can endorse and applaud. And so we are glad tonight uh, to be reminded of those who serve. And so I'd like you to just uh, take the mic when it goes down, just say your name, your year, and maybe where you're from. Monica. I'm uh, Monica Wood, I'm a sophomore, and I'm an Air Force brat, I've lived in a lot of places, so not <laughs> I'm David Jaggard, I'm from Chicago, and I'm a freshman. I'm Kyle Myatt, I'm a freshman, and I'm from California. Hi, I'm Jacob Kim, I'm a junior, and I'm from California. Hi, I'm uh, David Headley, I'm a senior, and I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. I'm Adam Corn. I'm a senior, and I'm another Army Brad. I'm Gene Berlin. I'm a freshman from Pennsylvania. Thanks. So these students um, are up every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. At what time are you up and in the Tennyson Track Building? 6.20 in the Tennyson Track Building, and uh, doing their I was going to say physical therapy, which is, you probably need afterwards, but it's called physical training. And uh, in addition to that, how many weekends a month are you out doing field exercises? One weekend a month? One weekend a semester. One weekend a right? Yes. And they spend uh, the four years of college dedicated to this, and then eight years after college they spend in service, in uh, active and or reserves, depending on uh, how they choose to go. And um, this isn't your whole, our whole group. We have more people who weren't able to be here tonight. And we partner with Western Michigan, is that correct? And, and another school too? Uh, all of the Grand Rapids schools. All of the Grand Rapids schools. We're all, we're all one in this particular thing. No rivalries here. Great, good. Um, and I'd like to ask, is there anybody in our uh, congregation tonight who has a member of their family or someone that they know who is serving in the armed forces in uh, the United States or for another country? All right, I want you to pay attention to the hands around you because as we pray, uh, when we pray for those who are serving, I'm going to ask that those of you who are near some of these people will just reach a hand toward them and lay a hand on them. And we also know that some of our students who are citizens from other countries are required to serve too. So um, if you're a student from another country who's required to serve, would you raise your hand? Do we have anybody here? I know that our Korean students often are required to serve. So. All right. So uh, let's, uh, let's extend. If there's no one near you, you can extend a hand toward this group and then uh, extend one towards someone you know. Let's, let's pray. 
Our God, we thank you that we can gather as uh, people for whom there is no, no rivalry. And we know that our citizenship is in heaven. And yet earthly kingdoms, uh, they need protection, they need defending, they need people who are willing to stand up. And so we thank you for our brothers and sisters who are serving in the ROTC. And Lord, we know that uh, this experience can be uh, one that causes anxiety as they are uncertain about where they will be after graduation, if they will be deployed, what that would look like, what that would require of them. And so God, we pray on this day that our young men and women who are with us here tonight will feel a deep sense of peace, knowing that the God who has invited them to this particular expression of their gifts is a faithful and loving God. We pray for those in our community who have members that they love who are in the armed forces, and we pray for them, too, that sense of deep peace, knowing that you are a God who is watching over their loved one. And God, we thank you that we are in a country where uh, we have good resources to support our veterans, and we pray that we will honor them well for the sacrifices that they make for us. And God, as we think of our world, we think of our students who are abroad right now, who are traveling all over, we know that many of them are homesick, are wishing to come back, are counting down the days. Others of them have had life-changing experiences that will affect how they hear you, how they worship you, how they read about you and learn about you. And so we pray, Holy Spirit, that you guide and protect them in Jesus' name. And we pray for our sister Jessica, for her complete and total healing. And we pray that she can be released tomorrow from the hospital and that uh, that she will be completely well and strong again. We ask a blessing on her professor and her classmates as they care for her. We pray for her family as they are far away from her. Give her parents the deep peace of knowing that she is in your hands. And God, we ask a blessing on our Calvin community in the time of midterms and stress and a lot of things happening. We thank you for the good, fun things we get to do. Watching in or performing in a play, going to athletic events, cheering for others, making beautiful music. We thank you for all the ways in which we get to express our gifts. And so as we see our brothers and sisters standing up here, remind us that all of us have the responsibility to do what you have called us to do and do it to the best of our abilities. And in this way, we bring you glory. Thank you for hearing our prayer. In the name of Jesus, we offer it. And all God's people say, amen. I invite you to turn to Matthew 7. This is page 788 in your pew Bible. And once you've turned there, I just want you to, to close your Bible, put your finger there like that. All right? Page 788. Find it. This is Matthew 7, verse 12. Verse 12. Matthew 7, verse 12, page 788. Are we good? And you've closed it? Excellent. So what we're going to do tonight is memorize the entire passage of Scripture. The whole thing. The entire verse. We're going to do it. All right? Are you ready? Okay. 
I'm going to say a part, and then you say it back to me. In everything, everything. do unto others as you would have them do to you. For this is the law and the prophets. Okay, now close your Bibles. No cheating. No cheating. Looking at you. Yeah. No cheating. All right. Let's do it again. So in everything, do unto others as you would have them do to you. For this is the law and the prophets. All right, let's do the whole thing together. So in everything, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. For this is the law and the prophets. Very good. Well done. Well done. We'll be using this later. Don't put it away. Just hold it right there. I'm going to put it down because I can't talk without both of my hands. <laughs> so it's important to get that right. It's important to get the entire golden rule correct. Because this is Jesus' interpretation, application, expression of a principle that finds source in a lot of different places. The golden rule, this idea that if you want people to be kind to you, you better be kind to them. And if you don't want people to beat you up, don't beat them up. That finds its expression in lots of different faiths and philosophies and religious traditions. And so it's really important for us to know exactly what Jesus said and how it compares to others. There are a lot of different interpretations about the golden rule. Um, And as I wrote on my Facebook, it does not mean those who have the gold make the rules. That's not what it is. It's not do unto others before they do it to you. That's not what it is either. And it's not, as uh, one person in my Bible study talked about today, the, the experience she had with her younger brother when they were fighting, and her mom would walk into the room and say, hey, hey, you need to treat each other as you want to be treated. And she would say, well, he hit me first, so he obviously wants me to hit him. Very creative expression, not biblically accurate. That's not what we're talking about. And in other faith traditions, you have the core, this idea of, ah, well, it would make us all better if we all were nicer to each other. So you just, you be nice to him and he'll be nice to you and it'll all work out. World will run better if we do it this way. And it's, it's very much, uh, you know, I want people to be nice to me. So, all right, I guess I'll be nice to people, right? It's, it's that kind of shruggish, duty, obligation, it looks good for me, it makes my life easier, kind of reciprocity. And that is not what Jesus is talking about. So it's really important to remember that the do unto others as you would have them do to you is framed by two really important phrases. Now you can open your Bibles if you want to remember what they are. The one is in everything, in everything, and the one after it is this is the law and the prophets. And that's the one I want to look at first. This is the law and the prophets. Now, the last time we heard Jesus say that phrase, the law and the prophets, it was back in Matthew 5, way back. If you look at Matthew 5, verse 17. Matthew 5, 17. He says, do not think that I've come to abolish the law or the prophets, I've come not to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter, not one stroke of a letter will pass from the law until all is accomplished. 
And that first saying there in Matthew 5, 17 sets up this center section of the Sermon on the Mount. You may remember we started with the Beatitudes, right? And talked about blessing and how God calls out the best in us. That's what blessing is. And then we talked about salt and light. And we went out on the plaza and lit candles, right? Remember that? And so Jesus says, you are blessed, you are salt and light. Because of that, this is how you live. And the center section of the Sermon on the Mount is framed by the phrase, the law and the prophets. I've not come to abolish, but I've come to fulfill. And then he says, this is what it looks like to obey the law. This is what it looks like to obey the law as one of my disciples, as one of my people. It looks like this. You've heard it was said, don't kill people. That's great. Let's move that bar a little higher and say, how about you not get angry? Right? That's what he does through the whole thing. He takes the Sermon on the Mount and he says, this is a new way to interpret it. This is how we're going to apply it. This is where we're going to go. And it's really important that he says that part at the beginning in Matthew 5 to say, I've not come to abolish the law and the prophets. I've come to fulfill them. And at the end, he says, this is the law and the prophets. This is the summary in everything. Do to others as you would want them to do to you. This is the law and the prophets. So when you think about the life of Jesus, it was very important to pay attention to how he fulfilled the law and the prophets. In his life, he fulfilled them by living a perfectly obedient life. He never broke a commandment. Of the over 600 laws in the Torah, he never missed one. He lived a perfect life. He was tempted, but he did not sin. And then that's one way in which he fulfilled the law and the prophets. He lived them out perfectly, like no one has ever in the history of time except him. But in the law and the prophets, we also see a sacrificial system. God set up a system with his people because he said, what you have done has broken the relationship between you and me, and something needs to die. Blood has to be shed in order for that relationship to be restored. And so for thousands of years, God's people had a sacrificial system by which an animal was killed in order to represent their sorrow over sin and the brokenness between them and their God. So the other way in which Jesus fulfills the law and the prophet is by becoming the ultimate sacrifice, by laying down his life for other people. And on Veterans Day, we do think about people who have laid down their lives for us. We think about the people that we love who are in the forces. We think about people who make that ultimate sacrifice that takes incredible courage And granted, for some of our brothers and sisters around the world today, standing up for faith is a life risk. There are people that I just got an email message about who have been kidnapped in Syria because they are Christians. Standing up for faith may cost them their lives today or tomorrow. For many of us, That's not going to be our experience. It's not going to be a physical death that we have to give in for our faith. And that's why it's really important to remember how Jesus begins this golden rule saying, he says, 
in everything. In everything. You lay down your life for others. In everything. It may be your physical life. Most often, for most of us, it's going to be our spiritual lives. We need to die to things spiritually. This is what it means to follow Jesus. Dietrich Bonhoeffer says, when Jesus asks us to follow, he bids us come and die. So the frame that Jesus puts around do unto others as you would have them do unto you is in everything do this and in so doing, you join with me in fulfilling the law and the prophets, in living into a system in which people are restored to their relationship with God, in living into a system where death moves us into a different place. So do unto others as you would have them do unto you involves some sort of spiritual dying. So what does this look like? Well, imagine... You've had a very long day. I know some of you find that hard to imagine. Both of you. The rest of us can imagine having a very long day. You get up, you're on campus by 7.30, you're in classes all day, you're in labs, you've got meetings, you're trying to grab food on the go. It's a very full day, and all you're thinking of is when I get home tonight, I'm going to watch my show. I'm going to watch my show. I have my snacks planned. I have my beverage needs ready to be accommodated. I am excited about going home. And you plan it the whole day. You're like, I'm going to stay for a couple hours in the library. I'm going to be home by 9.45. But on the couch by 9.58. TV on. That's my night. Can't wait. Small pleasures. You walk in the door of your house. You throw your backpack on the kitchen floor. You are so glad to be home. You start getting the snacks out. And all of a sudden, you hear in the other room, the television's already on. You walk into the television room. One of your housemates is there. He's invited people over to watch the game with him. You didn't know there was a game? What game? Is there a game? <laughs> and you think, I didn't DVR my show, and I don't want to watch it on my little laptop. I want to have the whole viewing experience. And in that moment, are you willing to die to your need for comfort and restoration and move into community with your housemate? Or imagine this scenario. You found a classmate, you hit it off, you live in the same neighborhood, you say, hey, we should, we should meet at Brick Road for, for some pizza. Great, I love Brick Road, let's go there, it's terrific, go. You meet at Brick Road, you're sitting across the table from each other, I think we should get a big pizza and we should split it. Great, says your friend, but you need to know that I'm a vegan. <laughs> and you remember that Brick Road has Lots of vegan stuff to put on pizzas. And in that moment you think, all right. Okay, great. Here's what I would like to do. I would love to hear from you about why you made this choice and I'm willing to try something. You get all your favorite vegan stuff on the pizza and I'll eat it. Let's learn together. Let's learn about this. Are you willing to die to your need to eat meat and dairy products <laughs> for the sake of your relationship with your friend? 
Discipleship is hard, people. And some people believe that discipleship demands the eating of vegan food. That's a different sermon for another day. But that's what it looks like. Or imagine this scenario. You go down to the basement of your dorm, where there are laundry facilities for all. <laughs> and you go down because you have remembered to move your laundry from the washer to the dryer, which you think in and of itself is a significant accomplishment. <laughs> and you are ready to move your clothes from the washer to the dryer, and you find that there is only one dryer that is currently not spinning and it hasn't been spinning all afternoon and the same clothes have been in it all afternoon. Now in this moment, people of God, you have a choice to make. Do you sigh righteously? Take the clothes out of the dryer, put them on the ugly table that every laundry room is required to have. <laughs> put your clothes in. Do you, because you are so upset at this particular individual for leaving his, her clothes in the dryer all day long when other people have things to do, do you take the clothes out and in a huff, put them on the floor? It happens. <laughs> Don't think it doesn't happen. Or do you, Take the clothes, dump them out, and fold them. <laughs> These are not mine. <laughs> Do you, as you put your clothes in the dryer, do you take the time needed to do unto others as you would have them do to you? And maybe while you're folding the clothes, you pray for the person. You think, oh, this person's sporty. <laughs> I pray that this person stays injury-free. I pray that he, I'm going to go with he, is able to enjoy being outside and enjoy God's world. And I'm going to imagine that today, he had a busy day. He had a lot going on. And that's why he didn't remember to come and get his clothes from the laundry. So I'm going to pray that wherever he is right now, whatever's going on in his life, that, Lord, you'll bless him, that he'll have a good day, and that, like this jacket, he will be clothed in your warmth, <laughs> and he will find your love. And maybe as you're folding, you always should smooth t-shirts out, otherwise you get all wrinkly. <laughs> this is very soft. <laughs> maybe as you're folding, excellent choice. <laughs> You know, you've, you, maybe you're folding a t-shirt of a particular group, or maybe some part of his history, and you're thinking, oh, I bet he's involved in groups here at campus too. 
And I pray a blessing on those groups that he will find community and he will find love and he will find places to use his talents. And maybe you pray for the community of Calvin as you fold the Leroy t-shirt. You pray for our president. You pray for the choices that need to be made around how we spend our treasures. And as you pray, you realize you're hardly even frustrated at this person anymore. In fact, you kind of want to meet him. <laughs> and, and you realize that everything that Jesus has been doing in the Sermon on the Mount up to this point is to move us into relationship with each other and move us into deeper relationship with our God. And when you're just angry at someone, it's easy to dehumanize them. Oh, those Wittenberg fans. Oh, Republicans. Women. Men. <laughs> right? It's easy. It's easy to just shut them off and pretend that they are one-dimensional. That's why Jesus says, no, 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 you love your enemies. You move toward people. When you're, when you're lusting after somebody, you're not thinking, I wonder how her spiritual life is right now. You're not praying for that person. You're bringing them down to one dimension of who they are. And the Sermon on the Mount is about making us beautiful human beings designed in the image of God. And so when Jesus says, in everything, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, he is inviting us in everything to do unto others as we would have them do unto us. And if that means watching a TV show that we may not want to watch, if that means eating food that we may not want to eat, if that means folding laundry and spending another additional, like, eight minutes in the laundry room, then we do it. Because this is what the law and the prophets are all about. That we die to our need to have all of our wishes met in an instant and instead move into community in which we lay down our life for the sake of the other. And we imagine the person coming back to the laundry room and finding the laundry basket, the folded clothes, and thinking, I am part of a great community. These are people who love Jesus. I'm going to write about this on my Facebook status. <laughs> and this is what happens. Because when we die to self, when we die to our own needs, it doesn't end there. Because when we die to ourselves, we move into the flow and move into the imitation of our Lord Jesus. And when we die to ourselves, what happens is that we rise to new life. We rise to a life that is all about, I will fold your laundry. We rise to a life that is all about, I will hold the door open for you. We rise to a life that is, I will take everyone's dishes and I will stack them on my tray and I will bring them back even though it is gross. <laughs> we move into a life 
where we are risen people, and suddenly we become a risen community. And what we do as individuals spreads through our community so that our community becomes formed by these different values. And when you're sitting in a meeting in one of your really packed days and you think, I have 52 minutes to be in this room and there are things we need to accomplish and somebody is going off about their very difficult math test and you just want to go, I don't care. We have things to do. Task, task, task. If you've been training your heart and your soul to say, die to self, rise in the name of Jesus, in that moment you can say, I can die to my need to be efficient. We can, you can look at the other people in the room who are in the meeting, who are frustrated, and be like, we are dying to self. We are rising in Christ right now, in this moment. And then it becomes that committee. And then it becomes that student org. Then it becomes that music ensemble. Then it becomes that athletic team. Then it becomes that dorm. Then it becomes that campus. Then it becomes that city. Then it becomes that state. Then it becomes that world. Then it becomes that cosmos of people who are transformed because they are dying to themselves and rising with Christ. And that's why how Jesus frames the golden rule is different from anybody else because everyone else says it just makes things nicer. It makes us all get along. It makes your life a little easier. Jesus is like, I'm not about making your life easier. If you want an easy life, don't follow me. If you want to die to self, and be raised to something even better, something that's more than you asked or imagined, then follow me. So in everything, Jesus says, do to others as you would have them do to you, because this sums up the law and the prophets. And Jesus doesn't leave us to do this on our own. He doesn't, he's not wagging his finger, do to others as you would have them do to you. He gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit. He says, I know you have a hard time with this. I know it's going to be very challenging. Some of you are going to be challenged to eat vegan food. I realize this. But I'm going to give you the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's going to open your eyes to the moment when you need to die so that someone else can flourish. The Holy Spirit's going to open your eyes to the little selfish things you do in relationship that you feel like you can get away with. He's going to open our eyes to the things we do as a community that we need to die to so that he can raise us to new life. And this is what the Holy Spirit is excited to do. So in everything, Jesus says, in everything, be creative, be adventurous, the Greek there is panta. Some of you know Bob Crow likes to talk about ta panta. All things. In all things, be creative in how you can do for others the things that you would want done for yourself because when you do this, you move into fulfillment of the law and the prophets as you follow after me as I have gone before. So in everything, my brothers and sisters, do to others as you would have them do to you. Because this is the law and the prophets. Will you pray with me? Oh God, it's easy for us to think about dying to self until you actually ask us to do it. And so we pray, Holy Spirit, that you will come in our midst, that you will shape us and mold us into the kind of people who look for opportunities to put others first, 
who look for opportunities in which we can imitate you, who look for ways in which you are the God of resurrection right here at Calvin College. Thank you, Jesus, for being our one holy, perfect sacrifice, for dying and rising again and showing us how to do it. In your name we pray, amen.
singing praise to Christ our Savior, in whom all things is possible.
Reminder that after every loft service, we have students available to pray. These are students who are trained as intercessors. They're prayer servants for our community. And uh, sometimes you've got something going on. You just need somebody to pray with you for a second. It doesn't have to be 20 minutes. It could be like 30 seconds. But if you've got something going on in your life, if you're worried about a friend or a family member, if you've got a praise or a thanksgiving, if you have significant academic stress in your life and you just need someone to stand with you and lift that before our God, that's what our prayer servants are for. And so we welcome everybody to come on over and find a prayer servant and uh, be blessed through prayer. Uh, coffee, hot tea, hot chocolate available in the basement. We have fixed the hot water. We've gotten a new hot water thing, so it will not leak all over the table this time. That's our, that's our hope. Yes, woo. So uh, hot beverages and cookies in the basement. Hugs are over here. Receive now the blessing from the God who loves you. Brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift the light of his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Let's sing. <laughs> 